0: What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Breaking Through with Elena. That's me. I said, what is up? Really weird, but we're going to move right past it. This is the podcast where we celebrate badass women in the entertainment industry and have conversations with them, finding out how they broke through. And of course, we address the lack of women in country music. Now, before I tell you about this week's guests, I usually like to get some shout-outs in to women doing great things in the game. And if you're listening to this episode right when it's released, you know that these past couple of weeks have been very difficult with mass shootings in California, Texas and Ohio. We're all still processing what has happened and a lot of people are just really frustrated myself included, it's it's hard to know what to say after tragedies like this, but standing up for what you believe in in an eloquent way is something I really believe in. So Marin Morris, Kelsey Ballerini, and Casey Musgraves did just that. Marin wrote, if I see one more politician use their thoughts and prayers tweet template that they have backburn for every mass shooting, I'm gonna be sick. We need common sense reform, not 280 meaningless characters. I love you, Texas and Ohio. No one deserves this. Kelsey wrote, went to bed feeling sick for El Paso and woke up feeling sick for Dayton. To every person affected personally by these two acts of hate, I'm just so, so sorry, but sorry isn't good enough. We have to do better now. Casey said, I love keeping things about the music and usually stay out of politics publicly until it barrels past political party preference points and dangerously encroaches on fundamental human rights. It's then not a political issue anymore. It's a matter of heart, of humanity, of survival. Casey also went on with a series of tweets which are smart, witty, and empathetic. If you have time, you should check them out. But I just wanted to highlight this because it's not easy to speak up, and I got so frustrated seeing the amount of people hating on them for their words. Honestly, I'm sick of people telling artists to shut up and sing. They are American citizens as well, and we should celebrate carefully thought out points and respect opinions of our brothers and sisters. Artists feel like Friends to a lot of fans, right? So hear me out. A lot of people turn to their friends when they feel lost or they need help coping. These artists have an important platform and have the right to use it for what they believe in and are passionate about. I'm a strong believer in this. I'm not saying I think you have to agree with everything a famous person says. I'm just saying let's respect one another and hear each other out and encourage everyone to have a voice and to have meaningful discussions where we can actually try and figure things out together. And that's all I have to say about that for right now. But let's talk about this week's guest, Ingrid Andrus. Within the Nashville community, she is probably one of the most, if not the most, talked about new- artist in town. Everything she has done so far has been very exciting for the genre and she is just the coolest. A lot of times I've known my guests for a while before they come on this podcast, but this conversation with Ingrid was only our second time chatting and I was just genuinely fascinated by her story. I think you're going to be too, so let's get right to it. It's Breaking Through with Ingrid Andrus. Andres, and welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. You are very unique in this world right now. At least I think you are. But like some people, <laughs> Aren't we all right. Well, <laughs> some people might just be hearing your name for the first time. Some people might kind of know you. Some people might be fans for a long time. Me, I I just am getting to know you this year, and I have told you before I love your music. I think you're fantastic and so unique, and I'm so excited that you're a part of this genre right now. But I mean, when I when I was first looking you up, I was seeing you know your name associated with alicia keys sam hunt charlie xcx one of my favorite new pop people uh fletcher and then i I, yes and then i also know like you know now you have your own solar career and every publication that i seem to be reading this year is writing amazing things about you so it all looks and sounds so impressive but we all know that in order to get to that kind of place like a lot of hard work, a lot of talent goes into that. <laughs> so I want to hear about how you broke through. Where do you think is a good place to start with your musical journey?
1: Oh my gosh. Probably when I drove to Nashville by myself to start learning how to songwrite. write. Um, Cara Diaguardi is, or has been a really great mentor for me. And she kind of discovered me. And huge epic me. songwriter, if you don't know who that yes. is. Was on American Idol as well. Yep. Right? American yeah. Idol judge, wrote huge pop hits for Pink and mm-hmm. like Hillary Duff, All My Guilty Pleasures. Yes. Let the rain fall yeah. down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, she was like, she didn't really talk about the artist side for me. I knew I always wanted to be an artist, but um, I really wanted to learn how to tell stories in yeah. songs um, and just be a better writer. So I moved to Nashville to learn how to do that because it's the songwriting capital of the world. Wait, but how did you get to have Kara be your your guide guidance. Like wait, <laughs> she, what?
0: Like that's a big deal. I know.
1: She, um, I, so I went to Berkeley college of music, yeah. uh, for a little bit and she taught a class there, like a pop songwriting class. Mm-hmm. And you had to write songs to get into her class. Like she had to pick songs. So um, how big were those classes? Um, not very big. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty small. Uh, Charlie Puth was in my class. Oh, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Betty who, Whoa. Um, yeah. So it was a pretty stacked class. For yeah. Sure. Well, um, she can
0: definitely pick out some uh, good yeah, talent she, there. She
1: has a good ear. Uh-huh. Sure. Um, so, but one of the songs that I wrote for that class, um, she wanted to take it and work with Frank Rogers on it. Um, and I was like, oh, sure, whatever. Like, I'm going to move to L.A. and be a star. Mm-hmm. And then after spending some time, I visited L.A. and I was like, um, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Mm-hmm. I want to focus on music. So, um, she never got to go work on the song with Frank because she had a kid and I was like, well, can I work on it with him? And she was like, yeah, if, if you go there, I'm sure he'll want to work with you. Mm-hmm. So I literally drove to Nashville to work with Frank Rogers on this one song. And had you been here before? I've been here once. Yeah. Just to visit and see if I would want to move here. And I was like, Yeah. I I like it here.
0: So Uh, when you came to work with Frank, what was that experience like?
1: Well, he was very excited. I got there in September and he was like, yeah, I'd love to write. Well, I'm working on Darius's album right now. So how about February? And I was like, oh, (laughs) Um, how naive of me to think that I could just show up to Nashville (laughs) and be like, oh, let's write tomorrow. (laughs) So I literally waited tables until February when we could write. So you came and you stayed until then? Mm -hmm. Oh, dang. Found a really sketchy apartment to live in. Uh huh. What part of town were you in? at that time um it's off of murfreesboro pike
0: okay that sounds right
1: yep right (laughs) across from like club fusion they kept closing it down and changing the name yeah oh i passed that quite a few times yeah yeah
0: (laughs) yeah, i can never actually tell if it's a real thing or not it's really not it's like
1: it's always closed like every weekend it's open and then they'll like shut it down because they like did something illegal yeah
0: uh uh-huh so when you came and you finally actually worked with him what was it like after that Um, he offered me a publishing deal. Oh, so it was like, did
1: it feel immediate to you or did it feel like, wow, this is going slow Like, what was that kind of timing like for you? I think that time from September to February really taught me a lot because Mm -hmm. I was waiting tables a lot and I hated it. Um, and, but it also allowed me to really sit down at my keyboard and come up with concepts and be writing every night and going to writer's rounds and, testing songs out to see if they were good or not and if people responded to them so I feel like that time was very important for me just to like figure out what this town was about Mm -hmm. and who I was and what I wanted to do so um it seemed slow but that's really not a long time looking Mm -mm. back so well and especially what in a town that's
0: called a 10-year town right
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Which makes me feel awkward because it's like, oh my God, I has I haven't been in Nashville for ten years yet, but when I am, there will be a celebration. <laughs> well
0: sure. sometimes it doesn't take ten years. It right. really doesn't. You know, it, and of course it is about talent, but it's also about, you know, right place, right time, right people, oh, right sure. Right. So where where do you think once you got your publishing deal and everything, where did it really turn into I'm gonna be an artist?
1: Um, I think the more I wrote, the more I, um, put my own experiences into my songs. Mm-hmm. And there was a song that I wrote that was very personal to me and I didn't want to give it to an artist. Cause I was like, I really, mm. I love this song. Um, and they ended up taking it and I was like, all right, I'm an artist now because that's never going to happen again, Yeah, which is hilarious because as a songwriter, you want other artists to cut your songs. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why you're writing songs. But that was a moment for me when I was like, okay, I think it's time now for me to to be an artist. Is
0: that a scary realization? Because that is such a different world. It is. Yeah.
1: Um, But I think I always knew that I wanted to be one because I love performing and I always have. And it was just more of a timing thing Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't want to rush it either. I feel like a lot of, I worked with a lot of young artists um, as a songwriter and just seeing how they didn't really know who they were because they're just still so young. And I feel like Hollywood really takes advantage of that. Mm -hmm. So I was in no hurry to try to be an artist. I think, yeah, I think that's some of the most valuable advice and especially
0: someone in your position can give, because I see that a lot in, in here too, like people yeah. that are not ready for it. And of course, you know, you have dreams when you're younger and you want to make them a reality as quickly as possible, but man, be smart about it. and right?
1: You have so much time. Like yeah. people are liars when they say like, Oh, well, especially for women, like mm-hmm. Oh well, you know, your looks are going to go away. It's like, yeah, well, I'm not in it to look good. Exactly. I to write good song. Uh-huh. So, I feel like not listening to that cuz I'm sure there is a ton of pressure, you know, for guys and girls to be like, "Oh, well when you're younger, it's better." It's like, right. "Well, you know, you've got you'll it'll be worth it. Trust me. When you know what you want, It'll make things go by a lot quicker Mm -hmm. and you'll get to where you want faster because you know who you are instead of taking a bunch of detours.
0: Yeah. Well, and do you feel like since you did wait that... I mean, for me, when I first moved out here and I first like started in national radio, I very much looked to other people because I just thought, OK, everybody else must know what they're doing. I'm the new right. one here. You know, <laughs> I'll like kind of listen to what they're saying and figure it out. But then I, there was a moment that I realized, oh, my God, nobody really knows what they're doing. And they're <laughs> yes. all like, you know, kind of making it up as they go. Yes. Did you
1: have a moment like that? That's so great. Um yeah pretty much. I mean, when I first moved here, everybody was kind of doing the same thing and um, writing the same way. Mm -hmm. And it definitely taught me a lot and how to write and that, you know, that discipline to go in and write a song from this period of time to this period of time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that expedited my songwriting um, growth. But um, yeah, I think I, I broke the mold a little bit because I would go out to LA a lot to write yeah too and not many people were doing that in Nashville and I didn't really understand why but I just was like I mean I'm just gonna try it like nobody's telling me no Mm -hmm. so I'm just gonna see what happens and you know people at first were just like oh well you're a pop writer now. It's like, nope. right. Turning your back on Nashville. Exactly. When, yeah. yeah. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm still here. I right. live here. Go mm-hmm. to my sketchy apartment. Like mm-hmm. I promise you I'm here. <laughs> um, so it's and really like Nashville, you know, people say it's the country music capital, but it's really this. I think it's the songwriting capital. There's yeah. A lot of great songs have come out of here that mm-hmm. aren't just country. Mm-hmm. So I feel like remembering that. And I took Nashville with me to LA. Like, People in LA were like, Oh, what's a concept? What's a song concept? I'm like, Oh, well, let me tell you. <laughs> you educating them <laughs> yeah, out there in LA. Exactly. Uh,
0: well, when you go out there, do people get excited to write with you because they want
1: to be a part of this world? Um, I think sometimes. It depends on who it is. Yeah. Um, I think people really want that lyric sensibility that country has. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of LA is coming out to Nashville now too to write because yeah. they really want that that um, quality mm-hmm. in their songs. Because I don't know if you've heard any pop songs recently, but it's mostly yeah. yeah. Sometimes there's not much substance there. not, yeah. not usually. I yeah. mean, I'll dance to it, but oh, me too. <laughs> I'm like, there is a time and place for all music.
0: <laughs> exactly. I love it all. So is that why country music? Because I mean, you know, with the names I was mentioning earlier, it seems like you could very easily go to the pop world. And I mean, that is a world that is much more welcoming of female artists. So is it because of the substance
1: that you really are set on country? It is. I think, I mean, I love lyrics in any genre, but I feel like country is the genre or the last genre that's left where you can tell a story from start to finish Mm -hmm. and people will want to listen to it and relate to it. And that's why I love music. So I, that's why I was like, I would much rather be a Nashville artist because there is substance there and that fulfills me. Whereas, you know, I can't even imagine what I would be like as a pop artist. I just can't even picture it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since we're on this topic right now, I mean, uh, one thing that I talk a lot about on this podcast is the lack of women in country radio. And I know it has to be a scary thing right now to kind of go into that world because you know that even though there's an immense amount of talent, there's not that much room in this weird like I mean, we can make the room. But I mean, you know, like the powers that be are saying there's not enough room and, you know, it's not testing. It's not whatever. Mm -hmm. So are you getting these kind of messages in your meetings in from your friends or or are they just like, girl, do your thing?
1: I feel like. You know, the friends that I have in my class, like we kind of grew up in Nashville riding together, like Mitchell Tenpenny and Hardy and yeah. Devin Dawson. Like I feel like they're nothing but encouraging to me because we all used to hang out like, you know, they never treated me like I was a girl. Right. You know, we mm-hmm. would give each other lots of crap for everything. And mm-hmm. I feel like this next generation of Nashville is really going to help break that mold that we have of women not being present in country radio because I feel like at least my friends are supportive of me and I so far haven't gotten any nobody's told me like oh we're not going to play this because you're a girl yeah they're just like we really love this song yeah and I'm like great Mm -hmm. so I personally have not experienced any any backlash for being a girl yet but I also feel like I don't I don't really think about it right like sometimes I forget I'm a girl
0: and I think you're coming in at a good time too because right now people are more like woke about it and Mm -hmm. don't want to be on the wrong side of history The wokest yes yes. so I mean it it is a good time and especially I mean just when we're recording this podcast right now we just found out this week that Maren Morris went to number one with her song girl so exciting so wonderful and then you read the headlines and I mean I, I at least was like oh shit because I see that the headline beneath that is first female solo number one since two February of 2018. I know. Which is wild.
1: Crazy. If you think of how many songs go number one every yes. week, you're just like, how has it been that long? I know. So for you, is a number one song how you would define
0: success? What is it to you?
1: Um, I think that's a, a part of it, a yeah. big part of it. I know it's important to the country culture mm-hmm. um, and- I mean, who wouldn't want a number one? right? You know? yeah. But I guess to me, it's more of how many people I can reach, mm. I guess, around the world. Because I feel like my songs are very personal to me. So I more care if people connect to them. Right. And so the more people that I get to hear it, the better. And I know country radio definitely will help expedite that process. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess a number one would be dope. Yeah. Well, I hope that you get it. I really do. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm fully behind you on that. I'm fully behind you on that. Now, let's go back a little bit to uh, what we were talking about earlier, just kind of how you got to where you are today. Because one thing that when I was first looking you up, I was because I was so excited. Like, honestly, I am a fan and I love the music. And I was like, I need to like find out more about this girl. I want to know like more about her, Right. So I'm doing all of this research and I like went into one of those like just Internet dark holes <laughs> and I. I I was like blown away that you were on the sing-off. Yes. So I just really want to hear about that experience (laughs) because
1: I loved that show. Oh my God. I love it. Um, Well, that was kind of my first exposure to the entertainment world. And you were in college at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was still at Berkeley and I was actually on it twice. Yeah. Um, Two seasons in a row, right? Yeah. Yeah crazy. Look, I watched that. I was like, I was so excited. So yeah, it was a, kind of your first
0: like introduction to yes. entertainment. Yeah. And
1: that's what kind of made me realize that I wanted, that I loved being a performer. Yeah. Um, which is why I wanted to move out to LA first. Cause I was like, I'm just going to go out and do TV stuff when well, um, it seems like right. Right. Like it seems like fitting, yeah. like that's how you do it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, that's also where I learned that like Hollywood treats people kind of like cattle where you just move them in and then move them out and they mm-hmm. don't really care. And so um, I was like, okay, how do I stand out in this business? Like, yeah. what can I do um, besides just try to look good? You know, right. like what, what else goes into it? What gives you more job opportunities? What gives you more opportunities to get to where I want to be? Which is a performer. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was really fun other mm. than the outfits that I had to wear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Talk about uncomfortable. I wasn't going to say anything, but <laughs> oh my God. literally I still have nightmares about the wardrobe stylist. Like she would literally like make everybody else look so modest and yeah. she almost knew that I was a tomboy and like didn't <laughs> like dresses or tight things. And she would put me in booty shorts and like, so they would dresses. dress you. Yes. Oh, dang. And they were like, oh, well, you work out. Like, you should want to wear this stuff. And I'm like, no. Oh, my God. Really? Oh, oh yeah. Uh. If that that had happened, like, today... Woo-hoo. They would have been canceled, uh-huh. but see, that's why experience is so important,
0: and why yeah. we can't like judge people. I, I get so annoyed whenever I see, you know, people in situations, and, and other people are like, "Well, I wouldn't have done that," and it's like you don't know exactly. what you would have done. Yeah, yeah, like you don't know unless you're in the situation, and once you've went through something, that's when you know how to actually deal with it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you're out there in L.A., you're doing all of that, you're realizing that it's cattle. What are some What are some of the examples <laughs> of how you actually realize that that's how they treat people? Because I'll tell you mine real fast just before I yes, still so do. Mine, I was working on this show out in uh, out in San Diego. And they had American Idol auditions coming through. I like to sing. I'm not a singer, but I like to sing. And so they were like, well, we want you to go through the process so like you can come back and report what it's like and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, "Okay, I'll go do it. So I went at like, you know, 4 a.m. in the morning, stood in that like long American Idol line, waited forever. I think that my audition was like 1 or 2 p.m. Yeah, like I had been there forever. I was tired. I was cranky. Everyone's like singing the entire time. It just starts getting really annoying. And I go down and like, uh, did you ever do American Idol? I did not. So there's like all of these tents and then at each tent, there's four people auditioning like at the same time. And so you go up and then they they let you sing like three seconds and then they're like, okay, thank you. And then they just heard everyone out. So literal cattle. Oh I my mean, God. it was the strangest experience of my life. But like, I mean, it also, that's when I realized that how that in that part of the industry is and how Hollywood was and everything. And it really was Cattle. So what yes. was it for you? How did you realize it? That it?
1: Okay, first of all, that sounds insane. It was and crazy. Like my average nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I think it was during the show, like, you know, you're with these people all week and you're filming and you're yeah. blocking and you're going through group choreography and like, you know, you're becoming kind of like family with these people and like right. everyone who's working it too. And, you know, but every week there'd have to be an elimination. And so it would just be crazy to me how quickly you know, everybody would just disregard of the group after they got kicked off. Like it was just, as if like we had never had that family bond. Like everybody, like all the producers and stuff would just be like, yep, you're, you're gone. We'll get you back to the hotel. And I'm just like, we just spent like so many hours with these people. Like, how can you be that? Cold. I mean, yeah. I was like, this is not how I want to sing music. Yeah. And I mean, who, I mean, acapella is very hard too. And singing and dancing, I'm like, poof. Got that one under my with belt. With no music to like, <laughs> yeah, to help you out. There's no crutch yeah, there. I know. Yeah, I Like playing with a band is easy. Right. I'm like, oh my God, why didn't I do this before? <laughs> Ooh.
0: Now that should be part of your Twitter bio. I did the thing off. I could do anything,
1: <laughs> but really though, I'm but like, honestly, oh, if I can be in a terrible wardrobe on national TV, uh-huh. my, the world is my oyster. And was that on NBC? It was.
0: So was it like a really full circle moment when you got to go do your own thing on the Today Show and it was pretty, Seth Meyers?
1: Pretty dope. Yeah, with, with music in the background, right?
0: Yeah. With your own music, with my <laughs> own
1: music. Yeah, <laughs> that was definitely an upgrade. For you didn't sure. have to do <laughs> blah, blah, blah with <laughs> your yeah, exactly your yeah. and wear like booty shorts. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) to wear a suit. So praise Jesus. You and I have kind of talked before
0: about how that came together, like how you were able to do Seth and the Today Show. But I know a lot of different people are listening to this than my other show. So I want to talk about that, too, because that's really unique and fun. How did you end up getting to do Seth Meyers and the Today Show?
1: Um, Well, we did. I did a showcase in New York and um, the guy who books the Seth Meyers shows came out just because you know casual yeah let's just see what this is about you know and then he saw the performance of ladylike and he was like um i want that on the show and i was like okay yep
0: i i will definitely do that i mean i'll check my schedule yeah exactly i was like i will
1: clear everything ever for seth so um i was yeah it was a big day of like hurry up and wait yeah um but it was awesome, like getting ready and being backstage. Tracy Morgan was the guest that day. So what? he was like cracking jokes in the green room, like a very inappropriate jokes. So I was like, of don't course. use any of those. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, and we we did a uh, camera blocking. So I was like used to that kind of. Uh-huh. and I had to walk down like a set of stairs for my piano. So I was practicing not falling. Worst nightmare. Um, but mm-hmm. actually, though, I was like, okay, even if it does happen, they can just stop it and we can just, or I'll just recover and it'll be fine. It'll be part of it. I'll just roll around on the floor. Was that like, like your mantra? Got, got oh, over and over. Like if worse comes to worst. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we did it. And it's so crazy because you wait all day. And then mm. the song's over within like three minutes. Right. And But you're I, not, it's
0: not live, right? So you're doing, like, because you said you could re-record it. So yeah. is it earlier in the day and then they edit it and yep. everything? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't yeah. Know.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and, but they usually give artists like two times to do it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, let's do it again. They're like, nope, that was good. I was like, oh man, (laughs) I've been waiting all day for this. Yeah, But it was, it was pretty awesome.
0: And was the Today Show the same deal? Like somebody saw you performing or was it the same guy? Does he do both shows?
1: Uh, no, I think Hoda Mm. heard the song More Hearts Than Mine and she picked it as her song of the yeah. Month or something. So, um but she was a I know. Because she is the biggest
0: supporter of country music. I and, know. like, I love her so much. But, oh, yeah, because she was
1: on maternity leave still, right? I think so. Oh, well, that's I know, sad. You but didn't at even. At least she heard my song and was like, I want her on the show. And I was at like, least. Thanks, Hoda. Oh, uh, no. When you do
0: national shows like that, do you immediately see, like, a reaction? Can you see that you get more Twitter followers or that your song has gone higher on iTunes or?
1: Uh, sometimes I feel like it's, you know, both those shows are completely different demographics. So, Mm -hmm. you know, some, it pops up in different ways, depending on what show it was like, you know, obviously I barely am up early enough to watch the today show, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, a lot of yeah, it's been a steady flow of people getting to know who I am, which is great. Yeah. And you are
0: going to be touring the rest of the year, right? Like yes. you're a busy girl. Where are you headed to like in the next couple of months?
1: Well, I'm doing a European tour in mm-hmm. September, just mm-hmm. like a 10-day thing to like Germany and London and... Amsterdam, which I will be there on my birthday and I'm very excited. Oh, that's a good place to be on your birthday. <laughs> I uh-huh. I'm like I might not come back. Is that ever like
0: scary for you? I've had, I've had artists come in and it, it blows my mind that they are like, you know, I, I get nervous. Is anybody going to show up? Is anybody? And I'm like, you're fill in the blank. Of
1: course people are going to show right. up. But do you ever have that feeling? Um, I feel like I, I used to, mm-hmm. um, just when I first released music, cause I was like, no one's going to know. Uh-huh. I am. But it turns out like people just like discovering new music in general. So when I played the country music festival in europe earlier this year i was like no one's gonna be there and it's like oh whoa lots of people are here that is freaking awesome i've heard that that
0: audience too over like the european audiences know like deep cuts they
1: know words to everything was that your experience really big music fans like just in general and they love story songs and i was surprised at how many country music fans there were but there are quite a lot yeah and they and I mean that's that's what I keep hearing is that that's a passionate crowd very yeah and they're also respectful too you're like do they like this music right. like? like no one's moving but mm-hmm. it's like because they're listening and you're like okay I can do this
0: so you're excited about going over there to say the least right I am uh-huh yes. what else are you most excited about for the rest of the year
1: um there's a new song coming out um in August I guess next month in August.
0: So, oh, like yeah. one one that you're like, that you literally haven't re- released? Yeah. Oh, fun. Yes. So you're kind of doing that the it, the way that a lot of people are now, which I think is really cool. Like y- there's not this set way that you have to release music anymore, right? Like it's right. not like a single and then the album comes and then this and then that. So you're doing it more the new way, like giving people stuff instantly, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I feel like it's, it's kind of like a, a healthy relationship with like somebody you just meet. Like, Uh I feel like if I dumped my whole life story on them, that would be like that annoying person at the bar who just like dumps everything on you. Oh yeah. It's just like, I never asked for all this information. (laughs) I don't know you. So I feel like I'm pacing it in a way that it would just, you know, you get to know me slowly and then there will be a body of work top of next year when there's more of like a, we want to get to know you instead of me being like, blah, uh, huh. Here's everything.
0: Yeah. Well, that I think that that's the perfect way to do it nowadays, especially because there's so much to consume, too, and so much different content that, like, you can get from anywhere and, and you don't never want to overwhelm people. I, smart. That's yeah. smart, girl. Okay. Now, before we start wrapping up here, I do have to bring up one thing that Ingrid and I learned about each other that I'm very excited about, and it's that we were both baristas. Yes. Uh-huh. If there was one thing that you feel like your barista job has, like helped you with today what would that be
1: um probably patience same Yes, that's what I say it's always patience (laughs) (laughs) it was tested there let me tell you I mean people before they get their coffee are not the most pleasant people and Uh they blame all their world's problems on you Uh uh-huh and you're like I don't even have to give you this coffee if I don't want to. Exactly. I can give you decaf without you knowing. I've done that. I'm me not going to lie. I have done
0: that. And it makes me so happy. And that's the only way I got through things. <laughs> so- Always be nice be to nice. your baristas yes. and that's that, you know, we were, we were talking about how, how like just horrible some of the people could be. I mean, they can be horrible. Now I, the one that I worked at, um, it was a, it was a Starbucks. I think I'm allowed to say Starbucks, but <laughs> it was a Starbucks inside of a resort
1: Ooh, yeah. it was a
0: different kind of crazy girl. Ooh, like no, cause though, no. and it was like a nice, nice resort. So it was people that all like oh. probably have staffs of their own and they're like, <laughs> Oh, I've never been treated more like trash in my oh life my than like a 6am shift at the resort. Let, oh, let me tell you, God,
1: that sounds terrible. But, my-
0: but like, honestly, the patience that I learned from that I I think that I wouldn't be the person that I am today and I wouldn't be anywhere near where I am today if I didn't learn that patience. Yeah. So, I mean, just a testament to no matter what you're doing, always take lessons from it, right?
1: Yep. Mm And be nice to everybody because you have no idea what they're going through. That's right. Now, Ingrid, uh,
0: you know, you're not, uh, I'm not having you perform because it's way too early and you just did a bunch of performances, (laughs) but usually I have like people perform on here. And um, last week, I had Emily Ann Roberts, and do you know her? She was on The Voice, and she came in second on Team Blake. She was on there a few years ago. Very lovely artist, but she took, like, a lot of time off. So a lot of people are just kind of reintroducing to her because she was in high school when... So it's kind of funny that you brought up the, uh, you know, take your time because she took years and then came back and is like, okay, now I'm ready to do this, right? But she uh, did a cover of your song, Both. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was so beautiful. And it just like I got excited that it was just kind of this like podcast God moment where it was like, oh, my God, it's like she's actually coming next week. So I wanted to tell you about it. But I also want to hear like what it feels like to have people cover your music.
1: I mean, I love it. That's why I write these songs in the first place. Yeah. People can relate to it as much as I do. And it kind of reminds you that, you know, as if you get your feelings out there and are honest about it, you'd be surprised at how many more people can relate to what you're going through Mm -hmm. um, than what you realize. So to me, that's awesome. Yeah. that's really cool. I did not know that. I'll have to send you the video. You'll have to check it out. She did such a good job. I was like, I can't wait to hear it.
0: And before we wrap up again, I do want to ask one more thing. Yes. And that is, you know, you've been through a lot. We've talked about a lot of stuff. Your life has been crazy. I mean, you have done so many different things in your life. But that also means that you have a lot of experience. So when you are passing along advice, because we have a lot of aspiring artists that listen to this podcast, when you pass along advice, what is one piece of advice that you notice yourself giving the most?
1: Um, Probably. Well, the reality is you're going to get a lot of no's. You're going to get more no's than yeses and that is completely normal Mm -hmm. and don't view it as failure view it as you getting closer to a yes and um you only get a few yeses in your life so don't beat yourself up for not getting yeses all the time and I feel like timing really is everything so when you get frustrated that something didn't go the way you want just know that it's probably happening for a reason and that there's a Timing is essential to this industry and just keep your head down and work as hard as you can until somebody is like, yes Yeah, were there a string of no's that you got that you questioned whether or not you wanted to do it? Um, i'm a very competitive rebellious person. So yeah. if somebody told me no, I would it would be like fuel Yeah, uh-huh. I'd be like, oh, okay. Well, i'll see you at the finish line biatch Uh-huh. Look back and wave yeah.
0: <laughs> because you got patience yes. thanks to coffee. Ingrid <laughs> yes. Andress, thank you so much for being here. Of course. And I can't wait to continue watching watching what you do because I just, again, I'll tell you, I'm a big fan. I'm thank here to you. support. And uh, guys, go check out all of the music she has out right now. You can find it on iTunes anywhere you stream. Especially check out More Hearts Than Mine which is the current single and beautiful and you're beautiful and everything's lovely and, and that's it. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, if she doesn't make you excited for the future of country music, I just don't even know. Now, as I mentioned, there isn't a performance this week on YouTube because we just couldn't find the time. It's hard making schedules work, y'all, but we got the important stuff. And if you go give Ingrid a follow on social media, she has a ton of videos and go stream and download her music right now because there's only three songs released so far, so you'll be way ahead of the game. Uh, become a fan early on. That's always fun, right? All right. Time for some thank yous, of course, Ingrid Andrus, you're awesome. Big shout out to Chad Schultz, who actually originally introduced me to Ingrid. I'm very thankful for that and set this all up for us along with Kate Myers. And to the Breaking Through team this week, Jim Casey, Joey Salvia, and Sammy Shea. But most of all, thank you for listening. Make sure to rate this show five stars on Apple Podcasts if you get the chance. And maybe leave a comment too. This way more people will be able to listen to these stories and find them. Or maybe, maybe you could just share it with a friend this week. I would love that. Oh, and speaking of love, I am loving all of you guys tagging me and the guests in your Insta stories. If you do that, I am a 1000% reposting you find me at Elena D. Smith. That's E L A I N A D as in door Smith. And then a shout out of the week comes from our podcast ratings comment area. Mozzie D said that they're liking being introduced to new artists as well as hearing from the ones we all know. We're going to try and keep that balance going in the coming weeks. Here and possibly have some different kinds of conversations. I'm working on a little something I think you guys might like more on that later. But for right now, that does it for me. Hope you have a great rest of your day or night or whenever you're listening to this. I just am so glad that you did. I will talk to you guys soon. Love y'all. Bye. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.